This is the Emergency Medical Minute. The Emergency Medical Minute is excited to announce that we are now offering AMA, PRA, Category 1 credits via online course modules. To access these and for more information, visit our website at www.emergencymedicalminute.com backslash CME-courses or simply click on the link in our show notes and create an account. So we're going to use this visual prompt to talk about a case. Uh, this isn't something that I've seen uh, uh, in my medical career, uh, actually, uh, but it is something that uh, is relevant. So normally I try to do cases that sort of we've taken care of in the emergency room, but this is going to be a case of something that we just don't want to miss, uh, sort of more rare for us, uh, especially since we're seeing less peds. So this is a pediatric abdominal x-ray. And we're going to use that as a springboard for discussion of, you know, uh, uh, the differential diagnosis for neonatal abdominal uh, uh, symptoms, namely vomiting uh, and some associated sy- systemic symptoms. Um, so this is going to be a case of a 10-day-old uh, that was an ex, uh, 35-week preemie, but home from the hospital with mom after a couple of days, uh, had been doing well until the day prior to evaluation. Uh, when they develop uh, vomiting or intolerance to feeds, uh, and then seemed a bit lethargic, but no measured fever at home, and then on exam uh, had some abdominal distension. Okay, um, so are there any relevant components of the history, either the past medical history or the HPI or the exam, uh, that you'd want to know more about? Uh huh. It's at the very end of the hall there. <laughs> You thought oh. she was saying yes yeah. to you. Uh, um, I'm like, I get out. Yeah. What yeah. Like the feeding intolerance and vomiting. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, to each feed, uh, you know, nor- had been taken, uh, uh, you know, every three hours. So less frequent, and then soon after, uh, uh, eating would have vomiting that was non-bilious. Uh, and then, like, with the premature, went home after a few days, but any yeah. problems sound? Yeah, no those? problems. No. Right, no. Uh, otherwise felt to be healthy, yeah. What's the breastfeeding formula? What's the food that they're giving the baby? Child's being breastfed exclusively, yeah. So as far as sort of a differential diagnosis, and then I'll talk about sort of the specific condition, so some of the things that we want to absolutely consider and exclude, uh, have you guys heard of any uh, or anything uh, that yeah, comes I to mind? Intussusception <laughs> no, is a good one. We'll talk about that. Vol- valvulus um, with gut malrotation. Hersprungs is a good one. So you can have a diaphragmatic hernia. Yeah. Yeah pyloric stenosis. Good. So those are all good ones, none of which this represents. <laughs> so That's all I know. We'll, we'll, we'll just sort of go through some of the conditions that were mentioned because they're, they're, they're really important to exclude. But uh, gut, uh, malrotation uh, and volvulus uh, is uh, sort of presents at this period of time. It can present any time in, uh, uh, in life, actually but 90% of the cases present within the first year of life, and most of those cases present within the first month. 
And the presentation there is for sort of an acutely ill, kill, uh, acutely ill kid uh, uh, with bilious vomiting. Um, bilious vomiting is a surgical emergency uh, in general, uh, not even until proven otherwise, but just in general in a neonate. So uh, malrotation is uh, apparently in the 8 to 12 weeks of uh, fetal development. Uh, the intestine fails to sort of rotate where you don't get your sort of cecum down in your right lower quadrant, and it allows the intestine to sort of flip on itself and the midgut, uh, uh, the circulation through the mesentery uh, uh, gets tethered uh, and cinched off, and then you, you get dead bowel uh, within sort of hours. So those patients, bilious vomiting in general, if they're sick, they just go to the OR. Uh, the diagnostic test of choice is, do you guys know? They do an upper GI. You see a twisting, or they call it a burnt beak, or a spiraling uh, on a fluoroscopy after giving contrast through an orogastric tube. Um, I heard pyloric stenosis. Pyloric stenosis is, uh, in general, uh, for uh, kids, predominantly males, less than two months of age. They don't come in ill. They look well in general. They could have some dehydration. Um, but there's no sort of ischemic bowel. There's just a, a stenosis at the pylorus. Uh, uh, so what they do is they get, they get projectile vomiting, not bilious vomiting, because it's at the pylorus prior to where the bile goes into the duodenum. Um, those kids get an ultrasound. And in general, they get like a, a surgical procedure, usually laparoscopically, uh, to open up the pylorus and myotomy. Um, what else? Interception, we heard. Uh, so interception similarly can present at any time in life. Um, usually uh, presents after the neonatal period, less common then. It's usually sort of from two months to two years is the peak. Um, and they sort of have a palpable sausage mass in the right upper quadrant. Ultrasound is also sort of the first line test that, that people do. Um, duodenal atresia is another one. Uh, they get a uh, stomach bubble, and then they get what's called a double bubble because the, uh, the stricture is at the duodenum. So stomach, and then the first part of the intestine gets dilated. So you get a double bubble on the x-ray. So this represents uh, uh, generally the first study that you do in any case of abdominal uh, symptoms in a neonate, uh, which is abdominal x-ray. And we don't see sort of a double bubble. We don't see a typical bowel obstruction with air fluid levels. Um, rather, what you see is sort of the intestine in cross-section uh, and then in transverse. And what this represents is air in the intestinal wall, air all through the intestinal wall. And that represents the, the, an x-ray finding consistent with it's called pneumatosis intestinalis. Um, it means that you have generally uh, gas-forming bacteria in the intestinal wall, and this kid and, uh, was, based on this x-ray, would be diagnosed with necrotizing enterocolitis, oh, NEC. Um, have you guys heard of that condition? No. No? Yeah. So most commonly would present uh, in the first few days of life, so it's sort of a neonatal, uh, 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 the NICU, uh, or the, the you know, upstairs uh, before the patient gets discharged, but it can present up to three weeks. Uh, and apparently this case was a case of a kid 10 days out. Um, and it's not exactly known in many cases. Prematurity is a predisposing risk factor. 
uh, things like uh, excessive feeding uh, is a risk factor, underlying uh, uh, sepsis, uh, neonatal sepsis. And it ends up that for some reason, the immune barrier of the intestine is not sort of fully mature and you get bacterial translocation into the intestine with a gas forming organism. Uh, and so this gets treated with antibiotics, NPO, uh, uh, full bowel rest, uh, and G-tube. Uh, uh, and most of those kids do well, um, something like an 85% survival rate. Pediatric surgery is involved early because you know a certain percentage will get uh, uh, signs, symptoms of sort of dead bowel and require uh, resection. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of a sense of some of these neonatal abdominal emergencies. Uh, this is in particular was a case of necrotizing enterocolitis um, and had a pretty characteristic presentation and different than sort of some of the other emergencies that we had talked about to, that we consider. Cool. Hello, EMM listeners. We are dedicated to providing you with high-quality educational content free of charge and without ads. As a nonprofit organization, we rely solely on donations. So if you enjoy our show and are able to make a one-time or recurring donation to help cover our operational costs, any amount is helpful in making this show possible. Click the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you.